0: Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew, and believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're
1: ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro
0: (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies, and as soon as they start standing or walking,
1: I never went back to button pants. What fresh hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. Grandma's Featherbed. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I can only be even numbers.
0: A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Your hesitancy, that there is hesitancy. Hey, everybody.
1: Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret coming off a week-long cold, which you may hear, but hopefully I can keep my coughing to a minimum. <laughs> this is me better, guys. That's yes, all I'm going to say is. about the cold I've just had. This is me able to record. <laughs> this is you with like a little extra scratchy. Your voice is always pleasantly scratchy. It's a little yes, extra scratchy. Yes. It was absolutely. I've gone from like me to like Demi more and then like <laughs> one round below that even. I'm really... I'm a baritone. Old deluxe alert. Back
0: in my day,
1: Brenda Vaccaro. Remember her? I don't remember who she was, but she did add that's deep in the vault. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, Hello, this is Brenda Vaccaro. You're Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> <laughs> I could do. I'm doing the <laughs> full Vaccaro. <laughs>
0: Before we start, guys, just wanted to let you know. Now you can sign up for What Fresh Hell Plus on supporting cast, which means you get all the episodes, our entire catalog, ad free, plus monthly
1: bonus episodes. You can listen to What Fresh Help Plus in the app you already use. Don't have to remember a new password. Don't have to install a new app. And we heard you, Hellions,
0: because we also have the Apple Podcasts version of the subscription. You can still use Apple Podcasts, but people who listen on Spotify and CastBox and all kinds of places were like, well, wait, what about us? So now you can use this no matter where you listen. What Fresh Hell Plus is $3.99 a month or $39.99
1: a year. Subscribe in just two taps. Go to whatfreshhell.supportingcast.fm and we will link in the show notes. This week we're going to talk about personal rules.
0: This was a super fun one. There's some that are useful and some that are just absolutely ridiculous, as is what usually happens when we go to our listeners and say, please tell us your best personal rules for life. I'm going to start off strong with Peggy. Peggy says, no street clothes in bed. Clothes that have been on the body, inside or outside the house, even for a second, are not allowed on the bed, not even half a cheek
1: on an inch of the edge. <laughs> half a cheek. I'm going to say I know Peggy in real life. And I love Peggy in real life, but this is a bonkers rule. Like I could never function in Peggy's home. What in the world? Do you change it to like a lounge wear as soon as you walk in? How does one pull this off? I kind of do. I've kind of moved to
0: that, like the pandemic, not for hygienic reasons, just for like pajama pants reasons, just for seeking that comfort. I change into like inside the house clothes, at least pants, as soon as I'm done wearing like pants with buttons and snaps for the day. So I'm obeying the rule.
1: Yeah, I think maybe I never went back to button pants. So I'm always in cozy (laughs) pants. And so I never noticed the difference. I have a child who has two modes and where this came from, I will never know. But summertime, no shirt ever. You will never see this child in a shirt. And then wintertime jacket, never off. Full parka with hood, never off, including sleeps in it. Like dinner table, like everywhere. Oh, I mean the dinner table is like the least ridiculous place. Yes, I mean <laughs> sleep sitting, sleeps in it. Oh, oh sleeps in it. I thought you said sleep sitting. Sleeps in the full parka. <laughs> There's only two modes. He's like Mister Freeze and Mister Warm. Yeah. <laughs> He's Heat Miser and Snow Miser, and so those are his only two MOS. I know, and those parkas they get so filthy,
0: but. They're never the same. Even if it says machine washable, they're not machine washable. I find like the down or even the fake down, it just gathers into like clumps and it's not warm anymore. I feel my daughter's jacket is so filthy and I can't wash it because it'll ruin it.
1: I feel like all the hygiene stuff is kind of long ago. When I lived in L.A., I'd go drive out to Vegas for the weekend, and someone said to me, but don't you find Vegas depressing? All the people losing all their money, and there's such a sadness to Vegas. And I was like, I have my Vegas blinders on. Like, I just don't see. You have to put your Vegas denial hood on to really enjoy Las Vegas, you have to go and be like, I don't really see that person maxing out their credit card. Similarly, I feel like the germ and dirt blinders that I wear all day every day just to get through my life. If I acknowledge what was actually going on in my house, it would be horrifying. I'm okay with you sitting on my bed in outside clothes if
0: it's not like, if it's like on the top of the bed, on the top of all the covers, but not like on the unmade bed. My husband thinks it's okay to put like our suitcases when we travel like on the bed to unpack it. And I'm super skeeved by that.
1: I do too. But I can see why it would be skeeved.
0: Peggy's saying herself. She's saying, don't wear those pants that you wore on public transportation, you, on your bed. She's
1: self-applying this. My in-laws have their bedroom downstairs and their bed becomes kind of a gathering place. Like different people come in and sit on there. That I do find really odd. This is like the John Denver song. I don't want anyone ever sitting on my bed who's not me or my spouse. Grandma's feather bed. Yes. Yeah, everybody's, it was nine feet high, six feet wide. Remember that? The whole family would hang out on the bed, but not in their outsized clothes. That's how they roll at my in-law's house. And I have to say, myself and the other, the son-in-law, will just look at each other like, no, no, I'm good. I don't think I want to jump in family bed. I think that's weird, but. It's just a gathering place. Here's a personal rule that I had never thought of
0: before, but I think I'm going to adopt it as my own. Allison says, my rule is that when you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you put peanut butter on both pieces of bread. It gives a better peanut butter jelly
1: experience because it keeps the jelly from soaking through the bread. I have to give Allison the Trump meme. Wrong. (laughs) It's not. No, this is absolutely wrong. Can't support it. Allison, I don't know what to say to you. This is wronger than pants on a trout, as they say in Curious George. Why is it wrong? Because you put peanut butter on one side, jelly on the other, and you put them together. It's the only acceptable way to make a PB&J. But what if the jelly soaks through the bread? No, that's the whole point of the sandwich, Amy. What is wrong with you people? You're solving for a problem that is not a problem, people.
0: Well, Allison, I'm with you. And Melanie, I'm seriously with you. Please tell me that you use different knives for the peanut butter and the jelly so that you don't get like jelly smears in the peanut butter.
1: (gasps) Absolutely. What kind of monster would use the same? When I open the peanut butter and there's jelly in it, we have like a full inquisition. I retch. (laughs) I have to call in like nine outside panel judges and then the whole family has to gather and we have to have a major inquisition on who did that because it's wrong. Okay. We have some some basic decency
0: PB&J rules we agree on. Basic decency, please. Anna says she uses the first bathroom stall closest to the door in public bathrooms. Most people go farther. So it's usually in good shape. She adds, go counterclockwise, been possible to avoid crowds. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. I mean, I usually go to the farthest one thinking that that's the one people aren't going to go to. But Anna's like, no, you're thinking of it the wrong way. Go close. Do you have a public
1: bathroom rule? I mean, when I say that this has never crossed my mind, I'm a randomizer and I, you know, if I open the stall and something's gone terribly wrong, I move on. But otherwise, I give it no thought at all. I have never thought about which bathroom stall I use. It has literally never occurred to me. Kelly says she doesn't ride shuttles. Other than at an airport, if an event requires people to park somewhere else and ride a shuttle, there's a 99% chance I will not enjoy it. It's an interesting take. I mean, I don't love a shuttle, but I don't know... A shuttle is so rarely voluntary, like you're rarely like, I'm not going to go with the shuttle, I'm going to XYZ. A friend's wedding, whatever,
0: you have to get on a bus to ride to the venue, those always make me a little nervous. Like, haven't you been stuck
1: in an event that there's shuttle buses? Oh, I had a shuttle bus that went off the road once in ICE, you know, and we it was a lot of the event was being in the shuttle bus. I went to a a wedding once. I
0: was not close to the Bride or groom. It was a lovely event. The music was very loud and I was just getting a migraine and people who get, you know, migraines know like once it's set in motion, there's no going back, right? There's no like, we'll wait and see what happens. I know what's going to happen, but you're like shuttle bus 45 minutes from the hotel, I spent like the next hour and a half feeling miserable
1: thinking, well, like, it's not like I can call an Uber out here to this field. But guess what? I did. And I could. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, you're in a hostage situation, basically. Once you get on a shuttle, it's like you have left all voluntary participation in the event behind. But I'm <laughs> yes. again, like I like Kelly's take. I hate a shuttle. Don't go. Last year when we went to Disney, I mean, the amount of shuttle riding involved was a very big downside to me for Disney. Right. And they'll give you a voiceover, like try to make it fun. Right. Or like somebody I'm like, welcome to. But the- it's just a lot of queuing up and getting on board and oh Watching where are you step. from? And don't talk to me, weirdo. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm no shuttle fan, but I just feel that Kelly has left out for me here. I mean, what she says is she doesn't ride shuttles. If an event requires a shuttle, she's not going to enjoy it. I mean, i She's not wrong on any of her basic points. She's opening my eyes. But I'm looking for the plan B here. Like, I I don't know. What else are you going to do? It's like saying you don't enjoy being taken hostage. Like, okay, right. But what's the other option? I'm not sure there is one. This can't be fixed.
0: Carla says she has to close her eyes when she passes the bedroom mirror in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom because monsters and ghosts and boogeymen and maybe even Bloody Mary. P.S. says Carla, I am 47. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: Well, that seems rational to me. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're not a monster. Of course, you shut your eyes when you pass the mirror at night because there are scary people who live in there who would attack you if you made eye contact with them. Okay, Carla, you're fine. Don't worry about that. That's fine. Emily has inside pants and outside pants again with the inside and outside clothing. All must have pockets. This is a huge dilemma that I feel that, you know, commercial industrial complex has caught on to because now I see a lot of yoga pants and the big seller is with pockets because when I moved to my all comfy, all the time lifestyle during the pandemic, which I'm still trying to emerge from, No pockets. I never have pockets. And it's a real problem to not have pockets. She said, Emily said, I didn't
0: even include her full answer here. She explained what counts as inside pants and outside pants. Her inside pants are the men's, it's called like good enough. What is the brand from Target? It's the men's like underwear, like loungewear brand from Target. She's like, wear those because they have pockets and the women's don't. Oh, so Emily's tip for you is wear men's lounge pants. Emily says she can walk the dog in her inside pants, but if it involves getting in a car, she has to put on her outside pants. And at home, she only wears outside pants if someone's visiting.
1: I was just having that. We had some people over this weekend and I was really having that like, do I have to shame? It was cousins. It was casual. It was fine. But I had a whole thing that went through my head of like, what level pants do I have to put on when people come over to my house? I was just the other night thinking of you because I went over to somebody's house that's like a shoe-free
0: house and they were having sort of like a a nice gathering. Like, you know, you put on like a smart blouse and pants. So glad they didn't invite me. And I had my, you know, cute boots to put on. But then I was like, well, why am I doing this? Like, why am I even gonna hobble the couple of blocks in my high heel boots when I'm gonna take them off as soon as I get there? I'm gonna wear my like, elf uggs that are so ugly but so comfortable yeah so this is where the downslide starts right like i'm just going to take them off as soon as i get there so i might as well wear the ugliest shoes i own that are comfortable
1: yeah it's a slippery slope it's a very <laughs> slippery slope and i have slid down it and i'm in a ball at the bottom feeling just fine i'm totally fine comfy Lori says i don't eat lunch foods until 12 o'clock or later not
0: 11:55. not 11 59 you have to wait until 12 lunch foods says lonnie are defined
1: as food i would not eat for breakfast I just met some friends in Brooklyn for what we thought was lunch. What time was it? Well, it was noon, 1230. Okay. All, right. All right. But it was a weekend day and it was a brunch menu. And it was the most confusing thing because I wanted pizza. And then they had an appetizer that was like a whipped ricotta with good bread. That's me all over. That's my favorite food right there. So cheese and bread, followed by some cheese and bread. Cheese and bread. That's, I mean, yeah, we're in the strike zone. But both of my companions ordered pancakes, which were also on the menu because it was a brunch menu. And I was very agitated because then they wouldn't eat my ricotta. They wouldn't share my ricotta because they were like, well, I'm having pancakes. Yes. I like a strong delineation. I'm not a brunch person. I, I like to know Are we having pizzas? Are we having pancakes? But I don't feel we should have both at the same time.
0: You know, brunch, I was just watching season three of Dairy Girls, which, oh, it's
1: so funny. Oh, people, people. It's
0: so good. And anyway, there was like one throwaway line that they are talking about brunch. It's set in like 1990, 1991. Brunch, and like, what's it? And then like, it's breakfast and lunch put together, Granda. And I thought, is that true that like brunch became a thing in late 80s, early 90s? And I think it did. I think it was like a
1: yuppie invention of the recent past. I'm gonna Amy, let me use an Amy phrase. I'm going to push back on that. When was the first time you remember hearing about brunch? Definitely as a young kid, I remember my parents talking about brunch and it seemed very mysterious and glamorous to me. I'm almost sure that's right. I don't think it was, I mean, maybe late 70s, but I th- all I'm saying
0: is it's not like written in stone. It's not like cuneiform brunch menus. We can stop doing brunch.
1: No, I would agree there. In the Indus River Valley, we were not (laughs) debating whether we were having pizza or pancakes. Right,
0: right. Exactly. Okay, we'll be right back with even more personal rules.
1: Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the
0: ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy
1: waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply, and away they go. And fear
0: not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. When you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong.
1: That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help
0: of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies.
1: And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about.
0: We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh.
1: This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H com slash fresh to get your kids the full Body nourishment; they need to grow into healthy adults. Jessica is a person after my own heart, but I have a follow-up question for Jessica: Is whether she waited tables, my bills have to face the same way in my wallet, which can take a moment when I am at the register getting change. Now, when you waited tables, as I did and as many people have, there is an expression: you got to face your bills. So you can't, when you hand in your money at the end of the night to cover your, you know, bills for the night. They're always like, you got to face your bills, face your bills, which means your bills have to be in order, facing the same direction. Why is that? Because that was just better for the person meeting the cash register. Because the guy has to count them. So he doesn't want you to hand like, you know, in a waitress thing, like sometimes you're taking cash and sticking it in your like apron front. Sure. I mean, or at least you did when you were waiting tables. Now it's just boop, tap. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Now someone like shoots a beam at your face and it's like, okay, this is done and we leave. (laughs) But So you don't pull out from your apron like 4,000 wadded bills and hand them to your manager, who then has to straighten them and count them. But
0: that's what I'm saying. They don't really have to be facing the same way for them either. But it is just sort of a general preference. It's nicer. It feels neater to be looking at bills facing the same way.
1: Well, to count money fast, you want to be like, it's 420s, 410s. You have to be looking at the five and it's (laughs) facing the right way. And they have to put them away in the drawer. Face Okay. All right. I mean, listen, I'm not speaking on behalf of a restaurant. How dare you make me argue the argument of restaurant managers. But um, <laughs> I cannot have my bills funky in the wall. It's got to be faced. So everything's got to be in order facing the same direction.
0: I mean, yes. Like I engage with paper money about 10% as much as I used to. But yes, when I do, but when I use cash money, I prefer it to face the same way. Sure. Stephanie says I can't drink the end of a drink like the last I don't know 124th of it. All the toddler backwash has me traumatized.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I can drink out of a bottle. But I won't drink out of an aluminum can unless really pressed ever or the last. the less- uh, No, I just don't like drinking out of an aluminum drinking stuff I can't see. And I think I developed that after kids. I
0: don't need a beer out of a
1: can or a soda out of a can when I can have it in a glass. If I get a beer out of a can, I pour it into a glass. Like if, in, Unless it's super dire. If we're sitting in the river drinking buds out of the cooler, maybe. But I mean, unless pressed, I don't ever want to drink anything out of an aluminum can. Because it tastes a little bit like the can. It tastes like the can and also I, it just grosses me out to like put my mouth on that aluminum can. It, it's gross. No cans. No cans. Megan says... I have to get a
0: new toothbrush for vacations, but I throw it away after the vacation. My home toothbrush never travels. This I agree with. And my vacation toothbrush can only be used for that one trip. I have a vacation toothbrush in my dop kit and my toiletries kit, and I have a home toothbrush, neither of which get replaced as often as they should. That is clear, but... The idea that you have a vacation toothbrush that only works for that one night in Detroit is pretty funny to me.
1: I was recently putting away my kids' toothbrushes after a trip. We always like, go get your toothbrushes. They don't have vacation toothbrushes. And I went to put away my son's toothbrush. And it was, I should have taken a picture of it because it was so comical. It was like, picture all the brushes like flattened and flipped the wrong way. Like it was so, I thought how long, this is no longer serving any purpose as a toothbrush. Just worn to a nub, right? You're basically just... Brushing your teeth with a stick at this point. <laughs> so I'm for changing toothbrushes more often, I guess. Christine, everybody does this. I refuse
0: to order the same food as my husband if we go out to eat.
1: Don't you always feel like you
0: can't? Oh, I, I was going to get the strip steak, but I can't because you're getting it.
1: I mean, I would never, ever do that. I would never, never. There is a place in San Francisco. I don't know if it's still there. Back in the day, it was called Nand King Chicken. And it was this little kind of divey restaurant that... Would always have a line outside. It was like the super popular place in San Francisco. And if you tried to order two orders of chicken Nanking at the same table, the owner would yell at you, <laughs> no two Nanking chickens at the same table, and he would not serve you. It was a thing. And the man, I could go for some Nanking chicken right now. So good. Was
0: his motivation diversification of what you were trying, or was it that there would be enough chicken Nanking for everybody? I don't
1: really know. I don't really know. Those are my two questions. Third question, what's chicken Nanking? What is it? Oh, my God. It was like, as I remember it, it was like a slightly peanut buttery, but like very like sweet-ish, not sweetish. It was like an umami, delicious Mm -hmm. wonderland. God, I wonder if Nanking chicken is still there. I think it was called House of Nanking. Nanking chicken and Nanking
0: shrimp. So Good. My personal rule is: if you literally named the restaurant after the dish, I should be able to get to if I want.
1: Well, you and the guy who runs Nanking <laughs> How's and Nanking are gonna have beef then? We come to words. Yeah, just warning you. Chelsea says, "I like this rule. I have a two-hour time limit on temperature-sensitive food that's been sitting out. Parties, dips, Super Bowl foods, family get-togethers. If it's been out for over two hours, no, I ain't eating it, and I don't want to take some home." Yeah. I I agree. You know, when you've been at the party and you're like, you walk by and like the cheese and the dip, it's all very sad looking after a while. I went to Spain when I was pregnant with my first baby
0: and they do a lot of tapas there. You know, they have sort of food that's out at bars. I mean, in America, all you get is like a you know old stale pretzels in a bowl, right? Or some peanuts if you're lucky. But in Spain, they always have like out at the bar, like some beautiful toast with, I don't know, shrimp and a delicious chimichurri, whatever, but they leave it out. They leave it out all day. And my pregnant self was so, like, I couldn't eat because everything was just sort of left out all the time. And it was probably fine, but the bells were clanging inside my pregnant brain, like, not safe, not safe. I ate a lot of candy bars. Yeah. Yeah. I ate candy bars in Spain. And P.S. I love Spain. I've been back not pregnant and it was fine. But something about that leaving food out thing, my, you know, lizard brain did not like it.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. And it's I love a hot dip. That's the perfect food for me, especially like I love a football Sunday. get a hot dip going. My buffalo chicken dip just slays.
0: But once it's room temp, is that how you know that's your like? Well,
1: whoop. but it does. It congeals after about two hours. You either have to keep it on a chafer. Well, I love the little mini crock pot. We keep a little queso going. You know, you got to keep it hot or you got to give up after two hours. I completely support Chelsea on I'm that. Chauffeur. Yeah.
0: To keep it warm. Megan says the shower curtain cannot be left open. I've gotten out
1: of bed before to make sure ours was closed. I mean, I have this in an OCD way with all the curtains and cabinets. Our house can look like my husband laughs at me when I was sick this past week. I mean, the house fell to ruin. My husband was out of town. I was sick. I mean, truly, I had to keep my kids home. I couldn't even drive a car. I was very, very sick. And the house truly looked like something out of a movie. Like if you tried to stage a set of like Overwhelmed Mom, like coats, glasses, I mean, bottles of Mucinex everywhere. It looked like sick house gone wrong. The director would come through like,
0: come on, 10% less. Like,
1: guys, this realistic. (laughs) Yeah, this is a little overkill, frankly, yeah. But every curtain was either open or shut and every cabinet door was either open or shut. Like that is, to me, I can't, that disordered, like curtains or cabinets drives me absolutely crazy. My husband, I'll be like, what do you mean either open or shut? Like one side open, one side shut? I can't like like, shower curtain open or, well, if the curtains are shut at nighttime, they have to be shut well. And if they're open, they have to be open well. Right. And my husband will laugh because I'm like, can you shut that cabinet behind your head that some kid just wandered by and left open? And he's like, really, that's what's bothering you in this room? And I'm like, yeah, it is the thing that's bothering me. I
0: have a thing in our kitchen that is so like useful. And I love it so much because you know how your kitchen, everybody's kitchen just, just turns into like, you know, phone central charger, like your kitchen counter has like 11 things charging on it at any time. At least it's true in my house, right? For sure. So we have this thing that I ordered that allows you to just slide. First of all, it puts all the cords into one thing. So you're charging in one place. It's not cords everywhere. They're sort of driven into a certain place. And then behind it is a little garage door you can just shut. So you just shut it. So you don't have to look at all the cords and the nonsense, it's there, and you just charge something, and then you shut it. That is open 110% of the time in my house, and I'm always like, will you shut that?
1: The whole point is so that I don't have to stare at your debris. Yeah,
0: like leaving it, it kills me. It's worse than not having the door, I guess, than to have the door that would cover it and and have it be hanging open.
1: Laura and my husband and I could all road trip together. If you're on a road trip even just an hour away, I'll only get gas or step for food on the side of the road I'm driving, hop back on the feeder and get back to the main road quickly or easily. No underpasses or U-turns for this broad I got places to be.
0: Like, no matter how bad you have to go to the bathroom, you're not going to do that. You're not going to get off and go
1: around. This is something I really try to work against a little bit because I'm playing a weird mental game with myself whenever I'm in the car, which is like Google Maps said we'll be there at 535. And it's like somehow Google Maps is my mother. Like, it told me when to be there. Like, okay, we could get there at 547 also. We'll just stop and get some ice cream and let everybody stretch their legs. But... I get insane on road trips about efficiency. The first time my husband and I took a road trip together, we were leaving LA where we'd been living and driving the car to Texas to stay with his family for a little while before we came up to New York when we were moving. And oh my God, we were so road trip incompatible. He like had all these different, like he would stop, he would go back. I was like, no, we have to just stay the course.
0: I'm sure that Sally would agree with you. She has an important personal rule. If you are driving and you change lanes to a faster lane and it ends up being slower, you can't change back. You have to live with the consequences (laughs) of your decision. what?
1: (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: I was just living this the other night. I was in the car with two of my kids and there was an accident, which Google Maps makes it so much better because you know like, okay, you'll be sitting here for like an hour. I mean, it's like you'll be sitting here for 67 minutes. And it was, it wasn't 65 and it wasn't 69. But here we are. And, you know, you're inching along and your lane is going two miles an hour, but the one next to you is probably going three miles an hour, but it feels like it's flying, right? It's going 50% better than you. Oh, God. You're like, we've made a horrible mistake. We have to, yeah. Right. So you like, you do everything to like get over, figure it out and get yourself in there. And then that one immediately slows to a halt on the lane you were in is flying. So I spent 90 minutes doing that while explaining to my daughter that really the traffic wouldn't be as bad if everybody just stopped doing that while I was doing that. But Sally would tell me I couldn't. And it probably saved me
1: zero seconds, by the way. Here's a question for you. Now, this is a fight that ruled my childhood. When there's an exit that's slow and you like you're on a highway that's moving, but there's an exit that's slow. Like, let's say where we live, you're getting on the George Washington, right? So you're uh, Henry Hudson is moving, but you want to get over onto the George Washington Bridge. Where do you join the line for the George Washington Bridge? Like, do you get on the way back? Oh my God, don't tell me you're one of these people. Like, it's zipper merge and I get to do this. I get in line you get in line at the very back. You get on the back of the line, and you just accept your fate.
0: I get in, not the very. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's definitely if I'm somewhere that I'm not familiar. If it's like, oh, here we go, and right, and I'm going to get on the LIE now, and it's going to be slow. Yeah, I do, and then I absolutely hate
1: the people who are like, actually, I'm important. I have somewhere to be. I'm the one who has to be somewhere. Okay, but now here is the where the rubber hits the road in our family because I, I mean, of course, only monsters cut the line because, of course, that's just morally sound. How hard do you fight to keep the line jumpers out? This is like, I feel that my husband puts our lives in great jeopardy by being, he is the line police. Like, it's not just that he got in line. You shall not pass. And my dad, it's funny, I married my dad. My dad was exactly the same way. Like, if someone was trying to drive on the shoulder, my dad would drive out and, like, block them out. Like, he, they just have a strong sense of line justice, And I'm a little bit team, like, let's maybe just let this person in before they either bash our car in or get into another road rage incident with them. But, no, my husband will not let a line jumper in on his life.
0: I was in a rear-ending accident on an L.A. highway with your sister, Kate. Oh, that's right. And so... That ever since then, I mean, that was generations ago, but I always keep a healthy distance between me. Like, I don't tailgate the car in front of me because I know what it's like to stop short and get hit and whatever. I don't do it. Yeah. But then I'm the jerk that, like, I'm letting everybody in without meaning to. Right. Like, I've been waiting in this, like, merge line for 15 minutes. And then people keep cutting in front of me because I'm actually allowing a, like, reasonably safe distance between me and the car in front of me. And, yeah. And then that person goes in. And then I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at them, but also me for not upholding the line justice.
1: Yeah, it's the zipper merge. We need to do something about that. All right, we'll be back with even more personal rules.
2: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,
3: Young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.
1: And now, who does your kid love more, you or Taylor Swift? From the What Fresh Help podcast,
0: you has lovingly tended to their every need. Taylor Swift.
1: Oh my God, her hair is so perfect, Mom. Verdict? Definitely Taylor Swift.
0: You remembers every birthday and holiday and makes sure their day is magic. Taylor Swift.
1: When she dances, it's
3: cool and dorky at the same time. Verdict? T-Swift.
0: You
1: drives to every rehearsal and practice taylor swift no nothing good starts in a getaway car verdict sorry but i'm a swifty all the way you
0: offers tender counsel on school and personal problems
1: taylor swift have you ever heard the song willow no one understands me like taylor verdict mom if you can get me tickets to the tour i'll consider a tie This has been Who Do Your Kids Love More, You or Taylor Swift. From the What Fresh Hell Podcast.
0: Here's a good one for you. Vartika says, this is her personal rule.
1: If you can't decide, the answer is always no, move on. I have a different rule for this that I've talked about. I think that you always choose action over inaction. That's always been my guiding light when you can't decide.
0: Choose action over inaction. Okay, like
1: this, give me an example. Should I go to the wedding? Go. Is graduate school right for me? If you really can't decide, go. Action over inaction. Okay. All right. Unless there's a shuttle and then the answer is always no. Well, but (laughs) again, I mean, I would love that to be true, but how am I getting there? I'm already dressed. I got my heels on. What am I going to walk? What am I going to do? I can't get away from the shuttle. You know, somebody said,
0: I forget who it was because I wish I could give them credit. It was just something I saw on Twitter or something. If you can't make a decision, do a coin toss. And catch yourself secretly wishing for one of the other outcome while the coin is in the air, and that's the answer. Like you really do want, you have a preference. You're just not allowing yourself to. But if you're secretly rooting to not go to the soccer game while the coin's in the air, then you don't go to the soccer game.
1: Yeah, it's because our whose tip was that we're saying almost exactly the opposite thing. Vartika. Vartika is saying then it's no. I'm saying it's yes. It's interesting. You're saying
0: it's yes, and
1: I'm yeah, and I'm saying you do have a secret preference. Yeah, because I'm saying if you're like, should I get married tomorrow to the guy I'm not sure about? Mm-hmm. Action would be, yes, you should get married. And she would say, then the answer is no. Your hesitancy,
0: that there is hesitancy, is the indication that you probably shouldn't do it.
1: Well, and I think it's interesting. We have a Amy and I in a loose partnership agreement. We always say like no takes it. And that was your rule, but I abide by it and I don't disagree with it at all. Because I think at a certain point, like if two of you are trying to make a decision, I can present my case and Amy's a no, then I say, but let me show you this thing that I've outlined about it and why I think it would work. But if you're still a no at the end of that, no always takes it, I think, in a partnership while you're trying to make decisions. But personally, I like action over inaction when you can't decide. Rachel has a good rule for co work She and her husband are
0: co-workers. Uh, they co-founded a company together. And so her rule is, yes, if you have a work thought that you want to share after hours, the other person has to opt in to putting on their work hat to discuss and they can veto. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Including like kids stuff when you're like watching, I don't know, when you're watching your show, right? Like, can we talk about Tommy's soccer camp I do find myself sometimes being like do you have bandwidth to talk about the sink upstairs with me right now yes or no
1: man that is such a good and I feel like it's hard-earned and hard to explain this is such a good marital tip like do you have bandwidth to talk about this right now I could have solved myself so many fights and the other and I will repeat it the best piece of marital advice I ever got no serious discussions unless your feet are on the floor Yes. Walk us through this again. You've said it and I agree with it. Someone told me it years ago and it was game changing. It was mostly save my husband's life because I am a night person, night owl, always have been like I get ideas in bed. I keep a notebook by the bed. I often say to Amy, like, here's my 3 a.m. thought I had last night. Like I, I lay in bed and things come to me. You ruminate. Yeah, yeah. But when we were first married and working out all those first married things, what would come to me is like I have been wronged at some point during the day, and I will discuss it with my husband now. He was exhausted and tired, and I was just comfy and lying down, and I could do three and a half hours on why when he showed up late for dinner and he promised to be there, it was so wrong and a symbol of all that's wrong, and and then he would not be responsive because he was tired. All he was thinking was like, my eyes are closing, I'm going to bed. I get into bed, and it's like, I get into bed, and I've got an hour and a half to go every night. My husband gets into bed, he has six minutes to go, you know, in terms of falling asleep. My husband, I mean, it's
0: sometimes I'm like, okay, you're choking right now. Like how fast the deep breathing starts, like you're playing me.
1: Oh, no, no, no. They should have a contest because <laughs> truly my husband would be like, good night. Like, I just can't believe anyone could do that. I'm at least 15 minutes from lights out, shutting my eyes, cuddling down to falling asleep. My husband's 15 seconds. This is a good one. I'm going
0: to take on as my own. Again, I'm getting some ideas here. Alana says she only looks at Instagram and Twitter when she's not home. Mostly, it's an effort to decrease social media time and make sure I get outside. It works for me. Yeah, that's smart. That would help. I used to do like I could only look at Twitter on the subway, which for me is my like version of commuting. And I would allow myself then and of course, then it bled into everything else. But this is a good sort of thing to get back to one about only use that stuff. Somebody else said only... Look at TikTok while I'm on the Peloton. Like she'll get on the Peloton and allow herself to TikTok as long as she wants to scroll it while she's riding her exercise bike.
1: Yeah. We're in a challenging season. Let's talk about Katie's. My rule during challenging seasons, like new baby, seasonal depression, we know what a challenging season is. I can only do one thing, meaning I can only one run one errand or do one activity, park, play group each day. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and this rule really helps me get out and get things done without feeling overwhelmed. I can only do one thing. Thing. I like it because it gives you it's sort of like the thing of I'm going to go to the gym for 10 minutes. Like it gives you the feeling of like, mm-hmm. we're not failing. We're just doing the one thing that we can do. Somebody else somewhere in
0: the many, many suggestions that we got, and you know what, we always, I'm going to put the link to these discussions, we'll put that in the show notes so you can go read the answers because there's always so many answers that are so great that we don't get to. Somebody said that you set a timer when you don't want to do something, you don't want to read this article, you don't want to look at the leaky faucet, whatever it is, set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes and just do it for that long. And that usually, when the timer goes off, it's like, okay, I'm fine. I'm into it now. I'm I'm in the zone. Of the thank you notes or or whatever it was I needed to look at or read or get done, and I, I can just finish. So make sure it's a timer that you can turn off with your voice, I guess, instead of having to stop what you're doing and go across the room and turn it off. But I thought that was a good idea. Christina
1: says, "I always check to see if someone is inside the shower before using the restroom." <laughs> Every time since I was nine. Wow, I just noticed that about myself. I have clear doors, but I still look. What if someone is hiding in there? Ha ha ha. I mean, no ha 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 to it. What if someone is hiding in there? (laughs) Ha 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 not. I have to do a perimeter search like a military cleansing team whenever I go into a hotel room. I'm just like, it's nobody under the bed. There's nobody in the closet. There's nobody in the bathroom. I have to pull the curtain. I like to just do a, I'm like a security detail for myself. I do a room sweep to make sure. That, that seems like a reasonable thing to do. Does it, Amy? I mean, why has he been in the closet for six hours just waiting for me to show up? I always look at the
0: backseat of the car when I get in. Like a parking lot, I
1: always stop and make sure there's nobody in
0: the car before I drive away.
1: See, I often forget. And then when I'm driving and singing, I'm like, uh-oh, wait a minute. The guy in the back seat! I forgot he was there. He's going to run at the next light because he just can't stand your singing voice. You're going <laughs> to... Get him chase him away. Yeah, he's gonna be like, never mind on this kidnapping. This was a huge mistake. When May has a little teeny one that is also
0: mine, she turns her handles on the coffee mugs in her cabinet when she's like unloading them from the dishwasher so that they all face the same direction. She specifies it's five o'clock if you look down at the mug. Oh, okay. But they're all facing that way. I think mine's like, you know, 435 too. Yeah, and they all have to be facing the same yeah, way. It, it surprises me not at all that you
1: have a time for your mug handle. That...
0: <laughs> I mean, I didn't think of it as such, but that's where it is. And they all
1: face the same way. But yes, but you know where it goes. Katie says, and this is again, this is so me and very OCD. I like to set my alarm for time that are not a zero or a five. I mean, wait a minute. I'm realizing Kitty is my exact opposite. I mean, she's my terror dome. Right. She wakes up at 501 or 442. Not at all. I could never do that. No, like you couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it.
0: I have a family member that shall remain nameless that like when you turn up or down the volume on the TV. Yeah. It has to be 35 or 40. It can't be 32 or or 41. And if you leave it at that, they will, without saying anything,
1: change it. I can only be even numbers. So we could not live together. Okay. Uh No, no, no. And it's a problem in the car because sometimes, you know, when you have the dial set temperature, sometimes it's like I kind of want it at 71. I'm a little too hot at 72 and a little too cold at 70. But I just have to pick my poison because it can't be on 71. Just be hot or cold. I just have to be uncomfortable because there's no way I'm leaving it on 71. That's cursed. That lets the demons in. (laughs)
0: Let's say make sure there's nobody in the back of the car. You got to set your volume to six.
1: Meanwhile, the guy in the back of the car is like this horrible singing and this obsession with the numbers on the dial. I I really can't with you, lady. I
0: think I'm a personal rulesy sort of person. And what I've learned from this episode are some great new personal rules that I'm
1: going to start doing. I probably do not need more personal rules in my life. I have plenty. As always, Amy, I think that what our audience has offered us is some great takeaways and some glimpses at madness. That's what yes. we always get when yes. we go out to the audience. That's right. Some glimpses at very disturbed minds and then some really helpful tips. Yes. Like
0: always park at Trader Joe's on the far side, but at Whole Foods parked on the middle. You know, yeah. you do you, Tricia.
1: It's fine. <laughs> we're not here to judge because if we were, we'd have a lot to say to a lot of you. That's right.
0: Guys, thanks so much for always bringing me hilarious and useful suggestions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating and a review. Somebody recently said to us that sponsors, when they're looking at podcasts, go and check how many reviews and ratings you have on Apple Podcasts. And like, we have a lot, but we could have more. So if you've never thrown us some stars... We're short. We're a little short, frankly. So please... Throw us some stars. Apple Podcasts is sort of like the main place people look, but it doesn't matter. Wherever you're listening, if you've never left us a rating or review, please do
1: so. It would really help us out we would love that for us and for the world for you (laughs) and for the world let amy set a mouthful there and with that friends we will talk to you next time so long
0: margaret it's an exciting news day